You're listening to episode 52 of the Empath Podcast. Welcome back to the Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Robin from the Diary of an Empath.com. And today's episode is one I'm very excited to bring you. Although, if you listen to the previous episode, it might need a new name because it is a coffee chat and it is with Allison, a health guide and goddess reader. Allison is an alumni of the Empaths and Business program. And in this episode, we dive into so much around health, self-betterment and accomplishing. So reaching your goals from more of the feminine perspective and this is because allison works with goddess energy when she's helping people reach their goals and the goddesses they don't want to see you push and struggle they want to see you flow and they want to see you approach things from a space of self-love and so we go into so much something allison says in here that is genius is around the idea of illness and how when she sees the word illness she sees i'll and so it's like i will start looking after myself and that's just one of the things allison says she says so much gold in this episode so sit back get comfy and come on into our our I was going to say coffee chat, don't know what to call it. If you have a name idea for these, come tell me over on Instagram. And one more thing I should mention before we do dive in is I have a free class going on right now. It is all about how to reach profit goals without the burnout. And in it, I'm giving you the strategy I use in my business that allows me to run a business while also maintaining my empath values. So my need to flow and, and be more rhythmic, cyclic, and approach business from a space of self-love and self-nourishment so that is below it's, it's going to be live for a couple of days so yeah enjoy that too so much gold for you so okay without further ado conversation with allison allison do you want to introduce yourself yeah of course hi everybody i'm allison um i'm a health guide so i got my health certification last year to become a health coach but since then i've kind of switched around to calling myself a health guide. I work primarily with women and I love this idea of bio-individuality and really finding what makes people feel vibrant in their life and in their health and wellness. And so my business name is Prism Health Coaching. And the reason why I chose Prism was because we have all these little aspects of ourselves, right? Like all these colors of the rainbow, but through ourselves, we can make them as bright as possible and be able to shine that energy through everyone else. And again, I like to do that through discovering people's health and wellness. I didn't know that about your name. It actually came through on a walk. So um, I created my business last May. Before that, I was just trying to figure out how I wanted my overarching business to look like. And I was on a walk with my dog, Athena, and I was like, Prism. Prism is the name. And it's like that whole idea just came through. And so it was a very calm 
exciting experience. Like nothing was forced. And that's why I knew it was like a perfect name for my business. You mentioned your health guide. What is the difference? Health guide, health coach? I don't want to say labels are important, but it was more of I wanted something that really embodied the energy of my business and like who I am as a person. And so as far as like Prism Health Coaching, like that is my business. The reason I've changed the label of myself to more of a health guide is to bring more of this like shepherdess energy in here. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to think that I know more about their bodies than they do. So it's more about me kind of guiding you back to yourself. So I'm not here to tell you what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. I'm really there to encourage you and to guide you to trust yourself and to trust your body cues and to trust kind of the rhythms of your own body. And that's why guide fits a little bit more into how I feel about my role in your health and wellness journey. Who would be an example of someone you would work with? Like who's needing a health guide? The people on my journey, the clients that I would work with are people who have already started to really think about the way things affect them in their life. So when we think like health coach and like health in general, it's an immediate thought to like food and movement. And I use the word movement because I think exercise can be a little bit of like a harsh word for some people. You know, it doesn't like like spark joy in some people. So I like the word movement because we can find movement in all ways. It's not like something strict. So try to keep it uh, consistent in my verbiage. But there are people who are starting to realize too that health and wellness are their relationships. Health and wellness are the jobs they do. Everything trickles into our health and wellness because we need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and we have healthy relationships to all those things in our lives. So a client who would come to me are people who have already started this journey, but really just want to hone their health journey and be like, okay, I understand I need to eat well. I understand that I'm finding movement that works for me, but I really don't know how to trust my body cues. I really don't know what works well for me. I really don't know what foods affect me in the way that they affect me. And I just need someone who's there to kind of help, again, use this word guide, Mm. guide me in this direction of like helping me trust my body. One of my skills, I think, as a health guide, I'm bringing it back all the way to college. I actually was a math major. (laughs) And so you kind of wonder, like, oh, how do you get from math to health guide? Like, you wouldn't really see the connection. But for me, math is all about problem solving. It's being able to shift. It's looking at a problem and an equation and being like, okay, I can't solve it this way. But how about we take it in this direction? And that's, that's what I'm there to do. And that's where I help you on your journey because I'm there to shift your perspective. A lot of people, and I, I get stuck too, can get stuck in like, okay, this isn't working and I just want this to work. And I'm here to help shift you into like, no, maybe we should be looking at it from this way. And so the ideal client is coming in and being like, okay, I don't really know how to shift. I don't really know how to trust myself. Let's, let's figure this out together. What is health to you? Like if, if you just see the word health and you have to define it, you gave me a little bit, but I'm, I'm curious. I, I, it would be a subjective thing. Like health mm-hmm. is this to me, health is this to you. Yes. What would you say it is for you? Health, I think, plays into, again, this idea of 
So my one-on-one is called Vibrant and I'm prism health coaching and it plays into this idea of the prism again. It's like we have all these little aspects of ourselves. We have the foods we eat, we have the movement we do, our relationships, our career, our creativity, our education. We have all these things and health is making sure for me that we're we're shining and we're comfortable in those positions. Once you get to the point where you're like, okay, like I feel healthy, I feel good in those areas, you feel optimized, you feel like you're using your energy correctly, and it's not leaking all over the place. And so that I guess, really is what health is to me, it's making sure that your energy is being optimized, you're you're using it in the correct amount for whatever area of life you're giving it to. Mm. So you're not so much about like the biomedical model, health is, I don't know, like a blood pressure at a certain level or you know I think that is absolutely important like I'm not a medical professional this is the difference between like health coaches and like medical professionals so I always encourage my clients to make sure that they have a healthy relationship with a medical professional mm-hmm. um, these things though like this optimizing your energy does play into a lot of that typical biomedical stuff as well so mm-hmm. that's not quite where my focus is but this work, this health guide work is used to kind of move through to the biomedical stuff where you can find more comfort in your body. And again, like kind of trust when, okay, something's going on. So I need to get this checked out. And you know that once you get kind of an idea of how your body feels and and once you bring more awareness to the body cues and rhythms, if that makes sense. Hmm. I mean, the body, it's your home. It's your vessel for navigating life as a human. Like there's sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I like, when I'm sitting and thinking, I'm like, wow, I'm like in this body, mm-hmm. like, you know, and I need to build a relationship with this body, this shell that holds my heart and my spirit. For me, it's like really beautiful. Like overwhelmingly beautiful to be like this body chose me and I chose this body and we Mm -hmm. get to do this life together sometimes it frustrates me the body yeah when I think about reaching a goal a health goal and the body not going with me like not going with the desire it's very easy to get annoyed with it but then it's like wait no, the body's trying to tell me something by not going with this desire. I also think too, in terms of intuition and knowing how to navigate life, the body gives you so much knowledge. Yeah, I think it's, I actually love that you brought this up. Well, you brought up two points that I I really love. And so first was this idea of home as the body. And this is something I've been talking about my, like with, um, some clients lately uh, that your body is this home that you're going to be living with like living in for the rest of your life and so it's easy to get kind of wrapped up in the external and want to cultivate a home outside of us right a comfort Mm -hmm. in a home outside of us but it's so important to become comfortable with this body and I do feel at least for me and in my journey journey I took my body for granted for so long like there were so many things that so many things that my body was trying to tell me Mm -hmm. in so many different ways and I think we'll probably get into this a little bit later 
but I wasn't paying attention. And so once I started paying attention to my cues and learning about even like foods in different ways, foods affected me that I didn't even realize I thought it was like all in my head like I thought it was just me being like oh like there's something wrong with me as like a person not so much thinking of it as like a body reaction once I learned all this stuff it was like a game changer for me and then as far as um what you also said about you know learning to like decipher what's wrong and decipher like bringing our body with us and what's and how we can bring our body with us. I actually had a conversation like a live Instagram a few a week or two ago where I had spoken about this concept with someone else and this idea of illness and wellness. And so illness like written in the word illness is I L L like I'll I will. And this is the idea of like, I will focus on myself. So when we are in these bouts of illness, whether it's like a common cold or even like a chronic illness, you know, it's this idea of bringing the energy to ourselves. Like it's time for us to focus that energy inward. There's nothing wrong with us being ill. It's if you want to think about like life path and stuff or, or just like cycles, it's I'll focus on myself at this point. Like we talk about like uh, lots of cycles. And mm-hmm. so even wellness is this idea of like we'll, like we will focus on the community. When we're well, we want to give to others. We want to give our wellness to others. We are able to give our energy to things that are important that are outside of us. And so being just aware of this energy exchange and this energy flow is like, it's it's not wrong being in illness. It's not right being in wellness. It's just where is the energy focusing? That is genius. The idea of illness being I'll focus because yeah, for sure. Like we see when stuff comes up, I talk a lot about in terms of coming into your purpose, but I used to get symptoms like arm rashes when I wasn't starting my blog. And the arm rash was saying, hey, you know, you gotta, you got to start this thing that your heart really wants to do because the arms are an extension of your heart chakra. And so it alerted me to say, something's here, time to, to focus in on what that is and figure it out and listen. Another thing we wanted to talk about is this idea of bio-individuality. So you talk a lot about it with what you do, but can you share a little bit about what it is, what Mm -hmm. it means, and why it's important? Yeah, of course. So bio-individuality, I was introduced to this concept when I was getting my health coaching certification, which was through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And so if any of... um, Anybody listening to this has gone through that program as well. They will recognize this concept. But if you're not familiar with it, it's this idea that one person's medicine can be another person's poison. And so it's important when we're looking at health and wellness, in my opinion, to understand the mechanisms of the unique body and the unique person that we're working with. And so a lot of times in mainstream media, you'll see kind of like, okay, do this and you'll lose 20 pounds or release if we want to be like really positive about it. I don't know if you've heard that. Like if you want to release weight, it's like more of a positive way of talking about it, but it's like, do this, do that. And then there's also like this idea of like, okay, well I did that and it didn't happen. So now there's like this idea of failure. Bio-individuality knows that you cannot just follow like 
just steps that other people give to you. So it's very focused on the individual and their unique circumstance and their individual body. One way bioindividuality has played out in my life is actually my relationship with sugar. Robin, you might know a little bit about this. If you follow my journey, you know a little bit about this. But I found out a few years ago, and this actually got me started on my whole health and wellness journey, that sugar was causing my panic attacks. And so sugar is so integrated into mainstream society. Like when you go to the food store, like it's, it's kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of those things where it's like, I couldn't trust my body at first because I thought like everybody, like everybody eats sugar. Like what, how would sugar affect my body specifically? And once I took sugar out, I realized, oh, wow, like I can actually get through a week without crying. Like I can actually get through a week without a panic attack. And so, and that's not true for everybody, right? Like sugar, they could eat sugar every day, specifically like for me too, like fast burning carbs, like pastas, breads, white pastas, white breads. Those things affect me in the same exact way sugar does. Slow burning carbs, like broccolis and vegetables, like those things don't affect me in the same way that sugar and fast burning carbs do. And so that's something that's completely bio-individual to me. Other people, again, can eat sugar, probably eat sugar every day and not suffer from a panic attack. Or if they do have anxiety, it could stem from something else. But my relationship with anxiety was very much played into this relationship with sugar. And that was something that no one else could tell me except myself. And so it was important for me to go on this journey of really figuring out what foods affected me and how it affected me and how it was affecting me day to day. And when you are eating sugar every day, just for an example of like my example, it's hard to tell, like it's hard to tell when you're functioning from that place every day. So it was important for me to really take a step back and like food diary and be like, okay, where are the connections? Where are the patterns? Mm. And so That's why I love this idea of bio-individuality and to bring that in because I was just talking about food, but I've worked with clients and we talk about movement and there's like this strict idea of like, okay, well, I'm not doing it correctly if I'm not like working out five days a week. And it's like, well, maybe your body doesn't need that. Maybe it's like there is questions of motivation and consistency, but sometimes like maybe your body's just not equipped for that sort of workout. Maybe you need something a little bit slower. Maybe your body only needs to move three days a week, two days a week to get the release that other people need six days a week for. So that's why I like to incorporate that because it's, again, I'm a guide. I'm here to tell to just kind of like move you a little bit to the left, move you a little bit to the right, but ultimately find what works for you and you trust that about yourself. I should not be the authority on like what works for your body. It's very much like you give people's bodies permission to talk. And they mm-hmm. and then you teach people. And when I say people, I, I think like the spirit and the heart inside the body to listen to what the body's saying. So you give authority to the body, which for so much, I'm getting chills, but for so much we've we've made the body our submissives like we've been like we're in control of you mm-hmm. and and not we as like i see it in my head better than i'm probably explaining it but the world has taught us to think of our body as something that submits to us mm-hmm. and you're allowing people to rebuild the authority of the body itself mm-hmm. and 
I relate so much to with your story about sugar. Although for me, it wasn't sugar. For me, it was meat. Mm. When I cut out meat, when I went vegan, I no longer was depressed the way I I used to be. I was Mm. so sad with the world and I didn't connect it to meat until my my body started to like reject me mm-hmm. just was like mm, it can't yeah. it can't stand it yeah. for like ethical reasons but more like it just it looked gross smelt gross it was just bleh. so I gave it up and this is a very bio-individual thing, but I do want to mention that, like, you're so sensitive to energy as an empath. Like, mm-hmm. meat is dead energy, and we think yeah. about fried foods as well. Like, that's yeah. killing the energy. And yeah. so, again, like, bio-individuality, everybody, if you want to eat meat, eat meat. If you don't want to, it's very unique to you. But I think it makes sense for you that you wouldn't want to consume your body and so wouldn't want to consume dead energy. And you know what's interesting about it is I have such a strong connection to animals and I Mm -hmm. adore animals and I took a course on learning to communicate with animals. It's a Mm -hmm. big part of my overarching mission. And it took me a long time to even get to a place where I could even listen to the fact that my body hated meat because Mm -hmm. I think about when I went vegan, it was 2016. That's when I was going through a major awakening, learning I was an empath trusting I was an empath and then the the giving up me and at the same time was leaving social work profession so it was like trusting myself in general mm-hmm. which led into trusting my body and what it was saying mm-hmm. and I know yeah from being sensitive it very much is like I I can feel the death and the sadness and the fear and all of those things that was in the animal but as it relates to what you were saying about bio individuality is like I'm the only vegan in my family and there's eight of us. Mm -hmm. And so me learning that just because it worked for me and it worked really well for me Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's for anyone else. It doesn't matter if it's for anyone else. It's for me and my journey and learning to stand up for myself and what Mm -hmm. I knew about myself when I would be at family gatherings and people would be like, oh, yeah, Robin, she doesn't eat meat. She's hippie or whatever it was. Not that my family was rude like that, but like friends, yeah. trying to think of like a general thing that people would yeah. experience. But there is this thing of like learning to trust yourself and then learning to trust yourself in the company of others. It's the same thing with sugar. I have a family that like every holiday, everybody has to like, I have a big family and everybody brings a dessert. Mm. And so it is kind of like, it's like, oh, well, just have one piece of pie. And it's like, yeah, but is it worth the the crying? And sometimes it is, as I've learned, but sometimes it's not. And so it is kind of like, yeah, standing your ground. And I think also what's important too, at least for me and like learning myself and learning to accept my body, how it works and just accepting myself in general, it's also like accepting where people are on their journey as as well Mm because like sometimes like for me at least I can get frustrated and being like well why can't you just understand like this is not what I do but seeing people like where that at where they're at and where you know when you're making a stand for your body when you're making a stand for the things that work for you how that might discomfort other people who might not be doing that and so it's making sure that we're accepting people for their discomfort for our decisions as well. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, for sure that makes sense. Another topic that shows up in your work that I've noticed from seeing you over on Instagram and I know from what you do is you talk a lot about consistency 
So I'm curious what consistency means to you and then how you go about achieving consistency, especially because people listening to this podcast are mostly feminine, mm-hmm. feminine beings. And yeah. I know for me on my journey, learning to see consistency from a feminine lens was game changing, especially in relation to my partner. He's consistent on a very rigorous accomplishing this, this, and this, and this, and never changing. He's all about his rituals and routines that they're unwavering. Whereas for me, consistency is seasonal. So how I show up in my life now is very different than how I showed up a couple of months ago and how I'll show up in the future. It it moves and it, it, it flows. And learning to trust that and allow that has been a big part of, of my path. So let's do, dive into this and uh, your perspective of it. Yeah, I think actually you, your idea of consistency really aligns with my idea of consistency. I find clients that I work with do come in with this very masculine idea of consistency, of that it has to be rigid, it has to be strict. You have to show up the same exact way every single day. And like, if not, then you're not consistent and it's a problem. And so for me, the way I like, I like the way that you describe consistency as seasonal. For me, I describe it like when I I'm trying to explain it to a client and to really bring in that feminine energy of like ebbs and flows and like rhythms. Mm. I love to describe it as like the phases of the moon, the moon cycle, right? The 28 day cycle of how the moon comes through is a consistent cycle because it does happen every 28 days. But I think what we need to be aware of is that the moon shows up differently every single day. The moon never looks the same within that cycle. And so for you saying, that consistency is seasonal and that you're able to kind of change the way you look for each season and change the way that you can be consistent in each season. I think it really helps when people are like, okay, I can create kind of this consistent schedule, whether it's a month, whether it's six weeks, whether it's three months, and I can choose how I want to show up for each of those days or each of those weeks. Like I can choose, hey, I want to be consistent in this way this week and in the next week show up differently. Or even like have like a 70% motivation rate at one week and then have the 30% the next week and have like that two week cycle. It's so bio individual, but it gives people the freedom to play. It gives people the freedom to be like, okay, I don't have to have a rigid schedule. schedule. I can flow through consistency and it keeps me showing up because it's dynamic. It's, it's not this static idea. And for feminine energy, like you need that flow. You need that ebb. You need to be able to kind of show up in whatever form you want to show up in. And so it gives you the permission to do that. If you think about health coaching, health has been predominantly masculine, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about going to a gym, yeah. reaching your goals. My first degree was in kinetics nutrition. It was all about goal setting, goal achieving. Yeah. Show up every day for that 6 a.m. workout. And if yeah. you miss it, shame. Shaming mm-hmm. self, shaming. Yeah. Which is a shame, shame, yeah. shame. Yeah, but which works it, for some people too. But yeah. they're shame for the people it doesn't work for. Yeah, it totally works for some yeah. people. So I think about health being more of like a masculine mm-hmm. base and you're coming in with that feminine perspective. And I love the idea of the moon and the moon cycle, understanding where your moon placement is and then how that relates to the cycle the moon goes through. So like mm-hmm. 
moon in for me it's in Aries and so when the moon itself is in Aries and it goes through the zodiac cycle I'm always lit up at that time and so I'm able to look and say okay this is the time where I'm going to be lit up I should be doing this this and this because I'm going to have that energy and then when it you know and you learn to like work with that way so I love love that. that I also find there's like a correlation because I work with business, business mm-hmm. predominantly masculine, though there is room for flow and being cyclical, there's also need to be traditionally, we'll call it, consistent. Yeah. So in business, it's like, yes, you do have to show up to your business every yeah. day, some way, mm-hmm. so that you reach your goals. So how would you see, like, what's something you might talk about in your practice around the more traditional consistency I think with the more traditional consistency it goes into making sure like I said before that there is a time period that you're working with Mm -hmm. so it's not like you're like oh I'm gonna be consistent and I'm gonna flow like every single day like every like like differently every single day and then not have a time period on that I think it's important to put a time period on that whether it's a month six weeks three months uh, just a week because it does keep you in there is that slight discipline there. Mm-hmm. There's so much value with that. Like yeah. I know when I talk masculine feminine, yeah. it's the masculine holds the feminine down. Without yeah. the masculine energy, the feminine, it, there is no forward yeah. progression. Mm-hmm. So needing to take in into account the, the loving ways the masculine mm-hmm. energy can support us as we embody more of our, our feminine self. I even think of the moon cycle. I think of like the like menstrual cycle as well. Like you have your phases. And so making sure, I think it's very helpful to know your phases, you know, Mm -hmm. like flow through them, but also know they exist. And I think that's like kind of bringing in the masculine as well. Continuing on with this conversation. So over the last year or so, working together, so in sisterhood and empaths and business, I've watched you unearth a pull towards the goddesses. Yes. I wanted to just insert here. Did you say your dog's name was Athena? My dog's name is Athena. Yeah. I caught that early on the conversation. I'm like, that is so aligned. But uh, was she named before your journey or after? She was named before my journey. So, um, you know how it's like you can kind of look back and see how (laughs) things have popped up before it like really popped up like I think I've always been interested in mythology I've always been interested in the goddess archetype and now I'm in a place where it's like oh hey like the reason why I was interested in all this is because it's part of my journey and I just didn't want to acknowledge it so like I've watched you from an outsider perspective come in and kind of reacquaintance with the goddesses pull that into your work with health and health I was going to say health coaching, health guiding. Yeah. So those two things, if you think about, especially in the world I came from, human genetics, nutrition, imagine I had said in one of my courses, oh, but let's invite in the goddesses. Like that would have been a a no 10 years ago, however long ago I would take that program. But now, like this is part of the, the feminine rising of bringing these concepts and these tools and these archetypes into more masculine work so Mm -hmm. you're you're bridging those two things by being a health coach 
who encompasses the goddess and the goddess work, though it's not a logical fit, it fits you. I I would just love to hear you talk about that. We talk about your journey before, like, did you name your dog before the journey? Yeah. But bring me into the journey. Just the journey of me getting into goddesses. It was actually through, um, or like being connected to the goddesses. It was actually through um, the sisterhood mm-hmm. um, because someone had recommended uh, Tiffany, who's priestess Theofania on Instagram, if anyone's curious. Uh, it was me. Oh, was it you? Oh, yeah, yeah. you recommended it. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I was like, De- someone definitely did, but I knew you had done it. Jess of the Death Empath, she yeah. recommended it in our sisterhood call. So there was yes. calls. So I had one, and I actually had my partner get one too. So he had a goddess reading, which was oh my God, I love it. really, really cool. And then I brought it up to, to the your guys' sisterhood group. Yes. So, okay, yeah. So when I said someone had recommended it, I meant someone from the other sisterhood group. Oh, yeah. And then it had transferred from you to recommending it, and then I got the information. I mean, it got to you. I just think that's funny. I love that. But yes, you did You did get a goddess reading, and I got a goddess reading as well. And that had um, introduced me to working with a few goddesses. And now, as my journey has kind of progressed from that, I am... And it's not quite, a. it is part of my work now because I do have goddess oracle card readings, but I am working on becoming a channel as well for the goddesses. So that's kind of next stage. So I'm like in this middle ground where I get to incorporate goddess energy and goddess work into my health coaching. It's amazing. And I I also love, I want to point it out here. Though I was guide, guided, although I was going to say guided, though I was guided to the goddesses, it was not meant to be a part of my work. Sometimes you can look and you can see all of these things and you need to make all of these things that you're interested in part of your work and people can get really drowned out in that and they forget that no, not everything has to be included and yeah. You don't have to be good at everything or like whatever stories you might have. Yeah. I was kind of the opposite. I was like, oh, this is something that I'm interested in, like this goddess energy, this goddess channeling, but I can't bring that into my work. And it wasn't until I did Empaths in Business that I was like, actually, I can. I can make it fit. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you say it's like that, like bio individuality you know it's like what worked for me didn't quite work for you but it's that discernment and I love too of like just when I I think like sisterhood wound it's often mm-hmm. like oh if she does that I can't do that mm-hmm. and I think something that's been I don't know I don't know if I'll keep this in the episode but like a part mm-hmm. of my path has been very much of like no, it's so good that, like, I can't possibly teach on the goddess goddesses. I keep using weird words. I was gonna say goddesses. <laughs> well, it is. It's like guidance and goddesses. It's yeah, like, perfect. I, mean, I was like, I can't possibly teach on that, though it's been incredibly beneficial to my ro- my journey in general and in terms of business. But I love how there's other people who are taking this knowledge in and getting it out to people so Mm -hmm. it's like yeah there's just something there I'll I just wanted to bring it up empaths and business really allowed me to cultivate this this side of me and bring it into my business and uh, what was really interesting was like we had um, on my vision board 
and and this was not planned. So I actually got my goddess oracle halfway through the program mm. because my brother bought it for me for my birthday, which was like perfect. Amazing. And I have this very goddess-like picture on my vision board. And so I was already interested in the goddesses, but they were not as like my interest as far as like business wise was not as potent when I first started EIB, which is like the first thing that we do is we create a vision board. Um, I don't know if that's like a, a spoiler, but you guys create a vision board. board. Well, no, um, you need a starting place, right? And the feminine yeah. does vision yeah. as the masculine does set a goal. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of like looking back at my EIB vision board, I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense that this would be an energy that I was incorporating in my work. And I think it was more of like, it's interesting how like your mind can like separate things. And it's like, oh, I just kind of want to embody that energy in my life. And it's like, no, if I'm going to embody that energy, I'm going to embody it in my business and something and our subconscious always knows like way more than we do. Mm-hmm. And so to look back at that vision board and be like, okay, this is where this was leading me. It was leading me to create this Oracle card, like health and wellness offer. It's really cool to look back on. And it just shows you that you knew. We often say, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. But if you can learn to work with your unconscious mind, you realize you do know. And that's Mm -hmm. what a vision board does. A vision board, I don't use it in a traditional way, as you know from the course. But Mm -hmm. it it, it is a a method of communicating with your higher self, which is your unconscious. And you had called me out in one of the group calls. You were like, if it's not on your vision board, it's not for you. So the fact that it was, like, on my vision board, it's like, okay interesting do you remember the context of that call out I don't remember most of our calls because I just go into like this channel mode yeah and you have so many of them like you're you're operating for so many people I think it had to do with me trying to come up with an offer and trying to fit just like this masculine health and wellness kind of offer and you're like if that's not in your vision board then forget it Sometimes, again, you just need that person to just like reflect back to you and be like, get out of your head, like, just pay attention to yourself, pay attention to what your mind and your body is trying to tell you. And that's encompassed in my work. And it was encompassed in the goddesses as well. So it was pretty, pretty cool to see that flesh out. But it had to play out the way it played out. When I think about one of the values and passing business the program gives is like, I'm not interested in you creating a cookie cutter offer. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in your soul gifts becoming an offer because I'm interested in, in empaths showing up and doing the work that they're here to do. Mm-hmm. So for you, your soul gifts is to work with goddesses mm-hmm. and relate that into another one of your soul gifts, which is guiding this health journey. And so it's easy from an, for an outsider to look and be like, Allison, Like, of course, you just bridge those two and then you create that offer. Mm -hmm. But for you, when it comes to sharing our truth, like our our deepest truth, the thing we are here to do, it -hmm. comes with a ton of resistance. Mm -hmm. The root of it is we've been taught we can't be ourselves. We've taught we need to fit into a job or a job description to be trained for a very specific purpose that has to do with being in a very specific job or, or career. Mm-hmm. And so we we come up against this resistance to be like, well, I can't be myself. Like yeah. because we haven't been taught that we can. Yeah. But 
what were some of the things you were going through in your head? Like what were some of the excuses for why you couldn't bring goddesses into your work? Like what was your mind chatter like? You had mentioned it um, before, kind of that sisterhood, that sister wound, that comparison wound. Mm -hmm. I think as far as me honing my intuitive gifts, I'm like, there are other people who are more intuitive than I am. And like, I'm just speaking out loud right now, but it's like, there are other people who are better than that. And I think um, coming to terms with the fact that I am actually extremely talented, I do have a very strong intuition was something that was really important for me especially in empaths and business and that I don't have to separate versions of myself and be like, okay, well, this version is for this person and this version are for my clients and this version is for myself. Being able to integrate all those versions together to be like as authentic as possible. And um, actually my word for 2021 this year is being unapologetic. And I think being unapologetic I have to incorporate all those parts of me together and I can't just like nitpick and be like, okay, well, this is tolerable for this person and this is tolerable for this person and this is tolerable for this person. It's like, no, I have to be everything combined for me to be tolerable for myself, really. That was like a big kind of shift for me. Isn't it so refreshing how when you decide to just be yourself, Mm -hmm. how much weight falls off of like Mm -hmm. shoulders and your back because you're no longer trying to control other people's perspectives of you Mm -hmm. it's it's just this is who I am of course within like empaths and business we talk about how do you present who you are like how how are you going to share what you do you know worth versus value Mm -hmm. with customers people who are looking for you but like there is, I know for me early on, it's like, I'm not gonna try to fit myself in a box I don't belong. I'm going to yeah. create a box around me that consists of, of all of who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's my offer. Yeah. And that's my business. And I came up with this affirmation of like, I'm paid well to be myself. That still remains the root of, of everything I do. So I love seeing that reflecting onto you. It's very much like you've come out of a box of what a health guide or coach should be and you're creating a new box around you and it's not to to confine you the box is to position you so that you know how to communicate with people about what you do I think in a way too I had to fall into that trap Mm because if I didn't fall into that trap I wouldn't be expanding into what prism health coaching is today you know who mm-hmm. Allison is today. So, yeah. I, um, and I think you talked about that recently in like your work or on your podcast about, you know, falling into those traps. So you have the tools to move forward. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what this is. Like, this is the tool to move forward, knowing that, okay, I'm not going to fall for that trap anymore, but I know how to navigate it. A question I have for you is because you work with goddesses and you're working to channel mm-hmm. goddesses, which yes. is amazing. Do you know what goddesses you work with personally? So I'm thinking like on a continuous basis. I know for me, it's Freya, goddess Freya, who is love, wealth, fertility, and war, which I thought was really interesting when I learned about Freya. Yeah. But I see how that all relates into my purpose, especially wealth and yeah. fertility, the birthing of things, of people's businesses. That's 
a huge part of what I do. And then I think about war being a very much am warrior in the sense of the, the feminine, like Freya is a, a feminist in like the deep yeah. sense of it. So learning Freya was working with me gave a lot of validation to my work, but I'm curious who's working with you. I feel, I feel Freya in you, honestly. A goddess who I've worked very closely with is Artemis, huntress energy. But also Artemis is very big on autonomy, right? Controlling our lives, showing up in our most authentic self. If we even like think about her mythos, you know, she's this virgin goddess. She doesn't play by the rules that the other gods, like the masculine gods play by. She's very much created her own group. She lives in, like she's in the forest. She has like her um, her hunt, all like the women surrounding her. And so I love that Artemis works with me just so I can continue to work on that um, autonomy, on being uniquely myself and allowing other people to be uniquely themselves. It, you're bringing me back. I don't know if I'll keep this in, but do you remember being triggered by something? in our first call I probably was triggered because I get triggered easily but I don't remember what it is (laughs) it was a very first call in the group and was it sisterhood or was it EIV oh sisterhood it was sisterhood that I do remember I was so triggered I do remember yeah and we had a a little conversation afterwards and it was very much about being yourself in a group Mm -hmm. and so we're just talking about she's like a huntress and she has you said her hunt around her yeah her hunt like she has like I forget what like the real terminology is but like she has like um like a hunt of like women like she has like her group reflects so much of like the growth the journey of the growth the journey because I'm thinking at that moment if you're comfortable with me leaving yeah. this in the podcast yeah, but course. it was very much like you didn't know how to exist in mm-hmm. sisterhood yeah and then now to see you, like to even see you coming from the sisterhood groups into the empath and business group, like you held your your autonomy in that group. That group was really empowered. So true, though. Yeah, it was Wednesdays, 12 o'clock. Uh, shout out to anybody in that group <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, I think 2020 was such a big year for me to expand into that. And I think that's why I was so called to join the sisterhood, even though like, I don't want to say I had no business joining, but it was kind of like there was no reason other than, okay, I just want to like meet new people. And I think, again, it was like me trusting that my subconscious knew where to take me because I had to expand into this version of myself. Also, if I didn't join Sisterhood, I would not be on this journey with the goddesses, or at least in this timeline and the way that his hand out so yeah that was sisterhood was very much a spark and I know when you're the most triggered it's because you're on the precipice of something really big and yeah. so I love that you reflected that back to me because I can look back at that moment and be like holy yeah like yeah. that's exactly why I was triggered because now I'm in this version of myself that can stand for that I have like the tools to be in my own autonomy yeah, and then the way that's rippling into the business you're building, mm-hmm. building, building. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling yeah. with my words, <laughs> but um, building. I think it's because you've built it, the business yeah. you have built. Yeah. The reason that happened is because you found, you learned that it's safe 
to show up as yourself mm-hmm. in a space where there's going to be other women. And now you're doing that, but you're doing it with this offer and saying, hey, yeah. here's my business in this space with other women. Okay, I've gone off on a lot of tangents, but because one of the ways you you work to help women achieve yeah. their goals is from the feminine perspective and you bring in Oracle and the goddess, the goddesses through Oracle, through your readings, you've offered to do one for me to kind of show your process. And so do you want to dive into that? I'm so excited. So um, right now I'm really called to this goddess oracle called the goddess oracle and it's by Amy Sophia Marshinsky. If anybody's interested in looking into this oracle deck, obviously you can't see the cards, but the way my oracle card offer works is I pull cards from goddess energy to kind of figure out any blocks you might be having or next step. So it's like a one-off offer if you're just curious to be like, okay, I just want to know where I need to go in my health journey. What do I need to pay attention to? And normally before we meet, I'll actually send you the spread with some notes of what I picked up on, what your blocks or next steps could be. So that before we meet, which we'll have a 45-minute session together, we can create action-oriented goals together. So it's, again, to bring, to make it applicable, to make it tangible, to not just have the information, but to use it and utilize it. So I like to pull before we meet, just so I can get an idea. And so I pulled for Robin before we got on this call. And what's really interesting is I had, when I shuffled, I had two cards fall out. And normally I pull about three, but it doesn't always have to be three. But I shuffled again and another two cards fell, fell out. And so I was like, there, I, all these cards are important, but there is no way all these cards are for Robin. So if you're comfortable, Robin, I realized that the last two cards are more of a collective reading. So for the listeners on the podcast, if you're interested in me giving just a little bit for that, um, but we can go into yours first. That's cool. Yeah, totally. So the first two cards that came through were definitely for you. So we have Morgan Le Fay, who is a triple goddess <laughs> in Celtic mythology. I'm not going to go too much into the mythos because this is a, a mini reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and her card focuses on rhythms, which I think was really amazing because in my business, I talk a lot about following the rhythms of your own body. So this is what this card kind of embodies, following those rhythms. And then the other card that fell out was Sedna, who is an Inuit sea goddess, and her card is victim. So I know you can't see the cards right now. Oh. Yeah. Interestingly enough, too, Morgan Le Fay is also a sea goddess. So you have this sea goddess energy. So I don't know if that means anything to you or if it's going to pop up soon. Interesting on the sea goddess is I've recently, so we moved into a new apartment. Mm -hmm. And we, part of the reason we were inspired to move is because I wanted an office with a closed door where mm-hmm. I could have a ton of space and have eventually some people come in and like work physically around me. So like a, a, a space yeah. for other creatives. Anyway, I had this huge plan of this is what I was going to do. And then I get to the apartment and I just knew I needed to put my desk in the bedroom in a very specific corner. And I was like, that's very random because I always was like, I don't want my office in the bedroom. Like it went against all these rules that I thought I had. 
And anyway, I put it in the corner and I was talking with someone who does home energetics. And she was saying that it's facing the north. Like I was really inspired to make my desk face the north for this current season of my life. And she was like, it's the element of water. Like you're you're playing in the element of water. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, so you have the sea goddess energy. And then also Morgan Le Fay is Celt, a lot of Avalon roots. And I believe you have a lot of Avalon roots as well. A lot of Avalon energy. But yeah, with this idea of rhythms and victim, when I when these two cards fell out, I was like, either goddess energy is like calling her out and be like, okay, Robin, let's talk about like your body rhythms. Like, let's see, are you are you falling victim to them? Because that's like this victimization card, right? Mm-hmm. Um are you paying enough attention to them? Are you kind of just ignoring them and being like, oh, my body's just doing whatever, which I don't think is the case for you, but also feel free to speak. Mm -hmm. So you know what's interesting? In terms of rhythm, I've found a rhythm that works for my my empaths and business program. Mm -hmm. So over the last few years, it's been offered two or three times a year, mostly two, spring and fall, and that's the rhythm. And it allows me to teach it and then go into like a winter and rest and then come back up spring, summer, like uh, in terms of my own rhythm, not Mm -hmm. the time of year. But it allows me to go through that phase of teach, hibernate, create new content, teach, you know, that type of rhythm. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting for a while now that it's time for me to teach it more because there's a greater need that I'm able to keep up with in terms of only twice a year. And you know, the groups are small, like it's a lot of personal support. I've been getting a push and I think it's interesting too, because I I met my bunny and the bunny is about quickening things up, being Ah. faster. So around that time, I started to get these pulls of like, you need to be teaching this more and you need to be, for me, creating the structure so that you can do that, creating a new system so that you can do that. And I've been talking a a little bit about changes like that on my podcast, about big changes happening. Mm -hmm. The reason I think it fits in the victim card is because when you said, do you fall victim to your your rhythms? And in a way, my spirit's been pulling me to quicken, to Mm -hmm. offer it more. And I've been like, but I have this rhythm that works. For me, for the, my creative cycle, for my finances, it works. So why would I change something that works? Yeah. So I've been pushing aside future growth. So the growth of the, the program, my growth as a course creator, all of these things because of this rhythm that works. So I've been going through a lot of inner work to start to seed an idea for like a different rhythm. Like how could I offer it more? And still hold my feminine needs to offer hibernate, offer hibernate. So I love that you picked that up. Yeah, I think that's exactly what this is talking about. Because when I when I just trust what comes through, because I know what comes through, I can't I can't question it because I trust the energy, I trust the things that come through. But when I had gotten this, I was almost I don't want to say worried, but I was like, I know Robin's so in tune. You're so in tune with your rhythms. You're so in tune with the way things ebb and flow. And that's just because of your business and the work you do and your journey. And so I think it's really interesting that it's like, it is kind of calling you out. And it's like, okay, like, you know what works for you, but like, how are you falling victim to that? 
I love that it came through because I just did a general like, oh, let's just see what comes through for you. Mm-hmm. I love that it connects to EIB. Mm-hmm. Of course yeah. it does. Of course. I mean, of course. It's one thing to be creating, like we think about creation from a lot of, I guess what I want to say is like early in your entrepreneurial journey, you're often creating from a, not a desperate energy, but like you have no choice but to create. When I started my business, it was like, I just have to, to move, make moves because I'm not going to survive otherwise. It's very different when you've established something and then you're in a space where you're not feeling that same push because you're like, well, I'm good here. And I I see this a lot with people who've been in careers and they're feeling the soul call to start a side thing, like hustle. I don't like that word, but you know, like a side project. Yeah, side business. Side business. Yeah. And they're like, but I'm comfortable here and that is going to require I go through a ton of growth. Yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, I'm very comfortable here in every element. And so why would I change it? Mm -hmm. So I've been saying, like, give me the push. This is just affirmation. This is like, okay, like, no more victimization to your rhythms. Like, things you got to change up. I love it. So what were the cards for the collective? So I just came back from a little bit of a social media detox. But before that, I had given a collective reading on my stories. And these two cards were in my collective reading, and I swear I shuffled, guys. So I think it's important for everybody to know <laughs> that this is this is something to think about. And so the two cards were Sphinx, so the Sphinx from Egyptian mythology, which is challenged, and Sekhmet, who is the lion-headed goddess of Egyptian mythology as well. And her card is anger and rage. The only card that's missing from this, from my collective reading that I did on Instagram, is the surrender card. But I think these are the, the two more important ideas. So challenge the challenge card, the Sphinx card, is all about how you react to challenge. Like the real challenge is how you react and respond to challenge. Anger and rage for me, I think about it a little bit differently. It's an emotion that can make a lot of people uncomfortable because there's so much negative and toxicity, uh, like negativity and toxicity that can be moved along to that word. Um, But for me, I think more about anger and rage as transforming it to movement and passion. Mm -hmm. And so the challenge, I think, for people listening to the podcast, because again, like I'm just speaking collectively, but it's really cultivating and challenging yourself to find a healthier relationship with your anger. And so, like I said before, if you want to turn it into movement, right? Like quote unquote, angry people get, get stuff done, right? They, mm-hmm. they move, they're, they're ready. They, they have passion behind their movement. And so that's when I get this sort of spread. That was kind of the message that came through for me is just how can you start to build a healthier relationship with your anger and not look at it as something that needs to be repressed or pushed away because that also causes a whole ton of health ailments as well. I'm just a little curious about your thoughts, Robin. The first thing that comes to mind is this year is being as a five year. And so Mm. it's a masculine number. Yes. And so we are being tasked to build bridges with the masculine energy to to see how things like strategy is a form Mm -hmm. of self-love. That's been a big one coming up in terms of my teaching. I think about the the feminine energy gets sad and the masculine energy gets mad. That's why you've seen a lot of 
toxic masculine situations, anger being used to mm-hmm. abuse or to overpower or to hurt yes. violence. And in the feminine, I think we talked about this at one point, Alison, because yeah. I'm getting like, a, a little bit of a... I think we have talked about it because anger was always something that I really shied away from. Mm -hmm. And you got really sad, right? Because when the feminine energy gets sad, it it gets bogged down and it can't do anything. Masculine energy is, it gets really mad and then it goes and it does something that it regrets. I am bringing, like I'm being called to that connection of like, because it's a masculine year, we are going to be working with anger as opposed to a feminine year working with sadness. If you think yeah. about 2020, it was a feminine year. It was yeah. more sad, mm-hmm. uh, disappointed, defeated, those types of energies. And I love the idea of anger being action. Which also fits into that like masculine perspective. Well, like the masculine's forward movement, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so anger, it moves us forward. Yeah. Think about why I started my blog. I was pissed. I was so <laughs> mad, <laughs> you know, that I was so mad that empaths and energy was not being talked about in my social work circles. Mm-hmm. I see so clearly yeah. how if empaths got tools that actually worked, then they wouldn't be on mental health floors. Like that was the initial, yeah. I'm so mad. And I would tell people like I'm angry and I was able to transmute that into to action. And so yeah. I think a lot of people, we are in this five energy. We are in like a creative cycle. Five is also a very creative energy. We're doing things differently than we've done before. Mm-hmm. So anger being used as, as a means to begin the work. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's really cultivating that relationship. And that can pose a challenge to some people. I know anger for me has always been a challenge. And so that's what I think it's bringing to the attention, especially like empaths, especially people who flow more with the feminine energy and are taught to kind of shy away from it. Mm-hmm. This is, I think that's exactly what this is saying. If you can let yourself be mad, that's a first step to reclaiming your power. If you're in a relationship where the the guy's not treating you right. And you can finally stand up and be like, you know what? I'm actually, I'm angry. I'm mad I'm in this situation. I recognize I'm mad. Yeah. And I can use this to move forward. 100%. Yes. I just, I see, I see a lot of people just putting their foot down, being like, actually, no. Like, actually, you're not going to treat me like this. It's making me mad. So if others are interested in this, where can they find you? So mostly right now I'm on Instagram at Prism Health Coaching, and then I'll also give Robin the link, but I do have a website as well, www.prismhealthcoaching.com. Because this interview is going live during Empaths and Business season, what would you say to someone who knows about the program and is thinking about joining? Absolutely do it. Like <laughs> You need to do it. Empaths and Business is something that I was on the fence about doing for like I want to say like a year or so, which doesn't seem like a lot of time, but like I did Robin's journaling for empaths. I did Robin's sisterhood. I should have done empaths in business right away, but everything works out just the way it's supposed to. It was like totally a game changer for me and just like the energetics of my business. I mean, I talked about it on the podcast today and just the way I was able to really like 
incorporate all parts of me through EIB in a way that I don't think I would have been able to do by myself. And it just really aligned me to what my business is now and what it has expanded to and the offers I have. EIB just really allowed me to embrace the fact that my business can look however I want it to. And so even if you're starting on some sort of business or you don't quite know where you want to go yet, I think it's good to just kind of get everything physical. Like we have our little workbooks, like make it tangible, just write things out and then just let it flow to you. And I think EIB is a great place to start and do that. Amazing. Oftentimes people go through it twice before they are out in the world, wings fully spread, but that not everyone has to do that. But the whole reason is that it's meant to to ease you into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. People just need to get clarity on an offer and they might spend the whole first round getting clarity and then the second round come in and fine tune. But I feel like you went through it start to finish. You did it quickly. I enjoyed the whole process. I woke up every morning like excited see the prompt and do the prompt and I had my business months before I did EIB but like EIB has had just like structured me so well to like create an offer and to create the energetics around my business it was just like maximized with EIB and also learning funnels oh my god (laughs) I knew funnels existed I had heard about them before but like EIB made it so like approachable and like not as scary so that was also like a really big part If you don't have a funnel in your feminine, soul-based, (laughs) heart-led business... You need that structure. You're not getting anywhere, you know? It's it's priority number one if you struggle with momentum and and getting growth. To, To end this conversation, I would love to know what's inspiring you right now. So is there any books, quotes, images? And then specifically, like, what's on your 2021 vision board? So what are you calling in? Ooh, as far as a book goes, I'm reading The Mastery of Love right now, if you've ever... I've heard of that. That rings... Yes, highly recommend. Mm. So I'm very much in this energy of healing right now. So this life for me is a lot of like healing my heart area, my heart space. And so The Mastery of Love has been amazing. Just uh, teach boundaries and how to let love into our heart space as well as the mind-body connection, as well as the mind-body distinction. Um, So that's really inspiring me right now, that like body reactions, the mind doesn't need to take control of that sometimes. Sometimes our mind wants to just like go crazy and like constantly like take control of everything, but like our body can function and our mind can function separately, which is a little bit of an interesting concept. Mm. Um, So that's what I'm reading right now. And I really love it. On my 2021 vision board, it's all healing, growing, um, really uh, protecting my energy, like those sorts of images. Actually, something interesting that was on my vision board, I had chosen a picture of a girl and the back of her neck. Mm. And so I don't know if you know this, but the back of the neck is the spiritual connection. Yeah. Chakra. Yeah. So the fact that I'm working on channeling now, as well as put that on my vision board without any any idea that that was what I was going to be doing in like two months later. It's crazy. Thank you, Allison, so much for being on the podcast and spending so much time here and doing that read for me. It gave me a lot of validation. And again, the push, I love 
the push <laughs> being pushed that's my Aries energy of like just tell me what I need to do mm-hmm. I always say that to my guide so the fact that they used you as a channel to do that was really really beautiful so thank you so 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 much of course thank you so much for having me I'm so grateful to be to have been on I hope you enjoyed today's episode If you resonated with Allison and all that she's doing, you can find her information below. Also, don't forget the free class that I'm teaching on how to reach profit goals without the burnout. You can find it below. And again, in that class, I give you the strategy I use in my own business to ensure my business is not just sustainable financially, but it's sustainable mentally, physically, emotionally as well. Because as an empath, as much as I value money and business growth and all of the goodness that comes from having a business that affords me the lifestyle that I want to live, I also value slow living and rest and self-nourishment and all of those things. And so it's not a compromise I'm willing to make. I want both. And in the free class, I teach you how to apply the strategy I use so that you can have that too. Other than that, I hope you have the most beautiful day. If you enjoyed this episode, come over to Instagram, tell Allison and I, tag us in a story post, let us know that you've been listening and share it with a friend, someone who you know who may be going through health struggles, who may be going through illness, who could use this episode too. And like always, your reviews mean the world. And so if you have a moment and can head over to iTunes and leave a couple couple words to let me know that you're enjoying this podcast, that will encourage me to make even more. So with that, you and I, we will talk soon. Mm-hmm.